You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back, folks, to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, here. It's Friday morning. We're October 21st. Gosh, where's this month gone? Um, Man, I am tired. I am tired. I'm ready to put this week to bed. So much stuff has gone on. I really appreciate all your comments, as always, Um, particularly the feedback on my article, the opening salvo in the fight for a new path, a new, a new vehicle forward, a new party, what we really ultimately need, what we have needed for so long. Um, and I want to try to get back to that point if we have some time here. But I want to start off with something that's very important, percolating in the news. But as always, people miss the main point um, in the media hullabaloo over nonsense. And that is voter fraud. Voter fraud is a very big problem. Unfortunately, we can never have a serious discussion on an important issue now because it all gets smeared in the feces of Trump's personality, the way he expresses it, his other ancillary baggage. So, yeah, I mean, when you're losing like a dumpster fire and you're losing by who knows how many points and um, GOP internal polls have him losing Georgia and Arizona and within the margin of error in Texas, yeah, that's not because of voter fraud. That's because you proverbially took your clothes off in front of the American people and just now look, Hillary's even worse. But you know, obviously, the media won't focus on that. So the focus of this ele- election has been a referendum on his baggage and his personality and character, and people don't want it. I mean, that's that's the sad reality. It is what it is. But nonetheless, voter fraud is a very big problem. You have non-citizens voting rampant because of the motor voter laws. You have illegal aliens voting. You have dead voters voting, so to speak. Lots of voter fraud, lots of voting uh, anomalies because of all of the anomalous methods and procedures of registration and voting and early voting, same-day registration, all this stuff that they're pushing that the Democrats have pushed the last number of years is coming to fruition. Now, again, it won't matter with this presidential election because the guy's going to get crushed. But the sad reality is even if we win, our only path to winning is a narrow one. So you better believe this makes a difference in a narrow election. I mean, I discussed this in Stolen Sovereignty. Um, you know, the, the study put out by uh, three political science professors that there was a tremendous uh, number of non-citizens who voted in the 2008 election. They, they did influence some states. Now, obviously, McCain lost uh, bigly, to quote Donald Trump there, one of his uh, contorted aphorisms. But certainly down the ballot, Senate House races, I mean, there's House races, and then certainly when you go on to state races that are decide about less than 100 votes. So they, they are absolutely influenced by voter fraud. This is a very big problem. Yet voter fraud plus judicial supremacy and tyranny is destroying our democracy. And that's what I, I want to discuss, just how bad the courts are. I know some of you have read my articles this week. Some of you might have missed them. I'm sure you've seen 
you know our our consistent uh, drumbeat over the last, over the last couple of months since my book came out warning that the court system is irremediably broken worse than you think it is it is well beyond the point where you could fix it merely by appointing better judges the entire culture the entire mentality the mechanics the mechanics of the legal foundations and and law groups that are able to put these cases in court the lower court judges that are worse than the Supreme Court, which is bad enough, and most cases are decided in the lower courts, or certainly at least held up for a number of years before they get to the Supreme Court. This is bad. But we are now at the point where they are stealing the sovereignty of the individual and the state to such a degree that we can't even combat voter fraud. You know, one, one thing stuck out to me, and again, what Trump said during the debate was a big mistake, the way he expressed it, you know, as if he won't accept the results of the election. It totally killed an otherwise finally semi-decent performance because we actually had a debate about the issues and Hillary literally cannot win on a single issue. So, um, you know, that's 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 where we are with this issue. She literally cannot win with a single issue. But nonetheless, Trump sucked the energy out of the room when he did that. And again, not that voter fraud is not a problem, but he he didn't express it that way. It was as if, oh, I don't accept the election. And now you have, you know, all of talk radio and, you know, Rush Limbaugh spending 24-7 saying how the polls are wrong and this and it. I mean, if only the man spent 5% of his time getting educated on what is actually important, what is actually going on. I mean, the gay report, I mean, the drudge report is not the end all. There's more to life than that. I mean, I know it requires a couple more brain cells for show prep. But it, but if he only radicalized his audience on something legitimate, on interposition, on states fighting back, on starting a new party, we could actually get somewhere. But whatever. You know, we'll have to cross that bridge in November 9th, see what happens with some of these talk radio show hosts, if we could resurrect some uh, utility to them. But this is where these guys are. They're they're leading everyone astray. They're 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 making it seem like the only problem with Trump is voter fraud. The problem is that masks the legitimate problem of voter fraud. So to get back on 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 the train of thought here, Chris Wallace when he asked the question, a lot of people are echoing the sentiment that in a democracy, the hallmark of our, our democracy is that you respect the peaceful transfer of power. And something, the, the alarm bells went off in my mind, and I was like, man, that's exactly what's happening with the court system. The courts are the ultimate terminator of all democracy. The courts are violating that peaceful transfer of power. So when Republicans win a bunch of state governments and want to now you know, use their plenary power over the methods and procedures of elections. You know, I don't want to have 20 days of early voting. We're only going to have 10 days of early voting. You don't have to have any. And in fact, you shouldn't have any. It's manifestly unconstitutional. The courts nullify that. The courts are mend- The courts are literally at the point where they're mandating every single Democrat anomaly. We're going to go through, you know, some of these cases that are going on. Aren't the courts the ultimate terminator of all democracy? Aren't the courts not respecting the peaceful transfer of power? This is why I wrote my book, Stolen Sovereignty. 
believe it or not, you know, I wrote it, I began writing it about a year ago, finished it up at, you know, eight, nine months ago. And back then I figured we'd have a Republican in the, in the White House. I never thought we'd screw it up because, you know, all the macro um, factors point to GOP win. Just there's no reason they should have a third term. Obamacare is a disaster. No one agrees with them on a single issue. And yet, you know, now now it's the whole thing is gone. But at the time, my concern was, yes, we'll have a Republican president. We'll have a Republican House. We'll have a Republican Senate. We'll have Republicans controlling most states. But the courts are going to be even worse. I mean, they're worse than ever now. And you can imagine Obama's still in charge. So certainly if you have a Republican president, we'll only be playing defense in the courts because the left, will that will be their last stand. They're going to use the courts to shoot at every last statute, state, federal, whatever we want to do to the extent Republicans could even do anything righteous. It will be encumbered in the courts. The courts are not the sole and final arbiter of constitutionality, even when you legitimately make an effort to interpret the Constitution as it was originally conceived. Certainly, you know, nowadays that the Constitution is unconstitutional. But this is the crisis we live in. I'm warning you guys. I mean, this is where it's at. We could block most bad legislative ideas. The people don't want it. But what we can't do is if we are going to exalt the courts to the level, a a level of power that King George never had, there's there's no recourse. And and the problem is, it's not just that the court, here's where they're hitting us in the guts in the most foundational way. It's not just that they're rendering the results of elections moot. As I said, by not respecting that peaceful transfer of power, by literally siding with one political party on on manifestly political policy, social issues that are not addressed by the Constitution or by statute. Not that they respect statute anyway, but the point is they are now making it that conservatives cannot win elections. Again, to be clear, I'm not saying based on this presidential election. Donald Trump will lose because Donald Trump will lose. But even when we have a normal candidate, unfortunately, the way the demographics are now, we can only win very narrowly. And when you have easily in many of these critical states, 10, 20, 30,000 fraudulent voters, and I think that's, that's being very, very charitable. You know, when Pew's 2012 study that one in eight Voter registrations, I believe about 24 million, are are just erroneous. They're either outdated, people died, moved to a different address. That's a huge problem. But, but non-citizens voting is the most foundational problem because there's a seamless path to them voting. You know, voter fraud is something you have to have a brazen guy willing to come in and, you know, impersonate his deceased neighbor. It's kind of incidental happenstance that will happen, although it's not so happenstance. You do have, you know, Soros-style groups encouraging this. But when it comes down to citizens voting, legitimately, they get driver's licenses. Now, this certainly applies for illegal aliens in states like California. Over 600,000 driver's licenses were handed to illegal aliens in one year. You tell me that 
they have no qualms about checking the box and saying, yeah, I'm a citizen lying. They're here illegally to begin with. But even 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 um, those that are here legally, which, you know, all legal immigrants, we do want them to get driver's licenses, unlike illegals. No one's going to dispute that. But the motor voter laws make states immediately offer them voter registration. There's a seamless transition. What the courts are doing now is taking that a step further and preventing states from doing anything to verify proof of citizenship. And if you don't, ver- here's something, if you don't verify it on the front end, once they're registered, there's nothing you could do to stop them voting. Because even if you have photo ID, photo ID whoops, most states, the courts have thrown that out too. But even the states where they haven't, it doesn't help. Again, photo ID just helps with regards to classic voter fraud. You have a guy that impersonates someone, you know, so you have the picture, you have the address, and, you know, you match up the guy. But in the case of non-citizens voting, you got the right guy. The, the, the person behind the counter, the, you know, the poll volunteer, the one man, manning the polls has no idea if he's a citizen. He's a valid driver's license, a valid address. The photo looks like him. The only way to get that is on the front end with the registration. So you literally have courts that are now saying that states, which, by the way, have full power over election law, procedures, methods, all this stuff, eligibility, unless Congress, not any branch of the federal government, not the courts, but Congress explicitly takes it away. And even then, it was supposed to be under extraordinary circumstance. In this case, the extraordinary circumstance is on the side of the states. You have non-citizens, the most foundational threat to citizenship, to democracy, to sovereignty, than voting. So courts are now saying, oh, you're violating the motor voter laws because you're doing more than what they ask. And this is a classic game where the whole mentality of the courts is that states are meaningless. So unless Congress explicitly, in the most literal sense, in, the, in, the, in, in every last manifestation of that case, grants them the authority to act, they cannot act. And really, the reality is the opposite. As Scalia always said, very often with regards to immigration law, it's unless Congress explicitly barred them from doing this specifically, they can do it. Certainly, if it's an area of law where, to begin with, they have the power unless Congress takes it away from them, such as election law, such as immigration enforcement. But that's what the courts are now saying. Well, they just said you could just, you know, they, they have federal forms with a box on it. The honor system, are you a citizen? That's the minimum. Evidently, the minimum is no longer verifying anything. So you could get the service without verifying. So we're working on the honor system. Anyway, you could read more. We'll, we'll put it up in the show notes. You could read more um, about this case. 10th Circuit going after Kansas, um, piggybacking off of the D.C. Circuit ruling. So basically, no state could could uh, um, verify citizenship. And this was a GOP appointee. This was a Republican appointee who wrote this decision. It was unanimous. Like I told you, the courts are gone. It's built upon a general a general mentality in the court system, in the legal profession, that just the ACLU, the lower court judges, they've all fostered it. So even Republican appointed judges go along with 80% of the premise. This is a fundamental threat. There's another fundamental threat, and it ties into non-citizens, but it's identity. 
the, the left has succeeded in codifying discriminatory behavior, or put another way, pre- preferential treatment for non-whites under the guise of combating discrimination and fostering equality. Um, you know, I'm reminded of, you know, what, what, what Tom Sowell always said. I think, you know, j- just one of the one of the most sagacious comments I've ever heard from this great man, Tom Sowell said, when people get used to preferential treatment, equal treatment seems like discrimination. And, and that's that's rings true as a matter of policy. But what's so scary is there, the left is using this as a matter of legality, as a matter of constitutionality. They are now saying that the Voting Rights Act, and now they hide behind statute when you know they feel they could bastardize the statute to get the result. But you know if they can't do that, they'll go constitutional too. So all the briefs that the left wing groups write, they say it's a violation of First Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment, Fifteenth Amendment. And anyway, they are basically codifying the following thought process into law, election statute, and constitution. And that's as follows. People are pathetic, impotent, dumb losers. Non-whites are even dumber than everyone else and more impotent and just meek little flowers. And as such... They need their hand held all the way to the polling station. Anything short of you going to them, giving them a ballot with traced in uh, marks for the Democrat candidate, and then collecting it from them and taking it to the polls for them is is anything short of that is tantamount to disenfranchising them. So you're you're finding this manifest in the court case we talked about where they're mandating that states offer an, an automatic straight ticket thing where you know it's too burdensome to spend 45 seconds going office by office voting for the person just rendering down ballot because and and now now they don't say you know it's convenient for everyone just for blacks they literally say if you don't do it in black neighborhoods you're gonna have longer lines and more anomalies this is what a federal judge said in michigan then you have photo id blacks are too stupid and can't afford a photo id and even though the states will provide it free of charge but you know you got to make calls and register online and get get some mail it's too 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 many steps and too much there's a case um, i'm gonna have up today in arizona where the ninth circuit is indicating they're gonna overturn arizona law barring ballot harvesting where these left-wing service groups go around and collect absentee ballots and the state was saying look if you want an absentee, absentee ballot, you submit it yourself. Or if you're elderly, whatever, a, a family member could do it, caretaker, that's good enough. Or a postal service worker, a government worker. Um, but yeah, yeah, these are all political questions. How many days of early voting? Oh, um, Democrats do really good in getting black turnout on Sundays from, from, from the churches. So you have to have early voting on Sunday now. I mean, I'm not kidding you. They're codifying Democrats literally. There's a dirty little secret here. Because almost all the so-called minorities vote Democrat, the Democrats have the advantage of saying that whatever benefits their get-out-the-vote effort is mandated by law. What should normally be left to a realm of just an administrative procedural dispute depending on who has control of the governor's office and the state offices and state legislature, has now become a legal mandate. Well, anything that boosts Democrat turnout boosts minority turnout. And if it boosts minority turnout, 
you have to have it. So if I say, you know what, you you have 20 days of early voting in North Carolina now, you know what, you need to have 30 days because I could show you it will boost black turnout. Unbelievable. But but this is where the courts are. They are codifying this into law. Folks, we can't, we will never overcome this. We cannot win an election like this. Because they're they're constantly expanding this to new frontiers. I mean, they're literally going to start saying that we have empirical data that if you automatically register people, and they're talking about this already, automatic registration, automatically mail in a ballot. And you know what? Because blacks anyway vote Democrat, let's just have a kind of dotted line checking off the Democrat candidate. It has become that absurd. Literally. Special treatment. And, and it's so funny because they're they're having it both, you know, both directions now. Um, you know, they're always giving preferential treatment to urban areas because it's predominantly black voters. So you need more polling stations. You need more early voting. You need, you know, all sorts of things. So in the Arizona case, they said the vote harvesting law, in other words, where you can't have an individual organization come around and collect people's absentee ballots and submit it on, on their behalf. That hurts rural areas that don't have postal service. And, you know, you need someone in an organization to come in and gather it for them. So it hurts the Indian reservations and Latinos in certain counties that are in rural areas. And I know some of you are probably laughing. I mean, say what you want about rural areas. And I know Arizona is a little different than some other states. But still, it's almost all white in most areas. So aren't you making it harder for whites? You know, they're the ones that have to suffer with it. But again... There's two levels of absurdity here. Forget about race. With regards to anyone, that's a policy question. That's something you debate in, in your state legislature. Is this too much of a burden? And of course, you know, any law, if you don't, any service that the state provides, if you don't have an extra amount in a rural area, you're going to have to walk to it. You're going to have to drive to it. That, that's what it's like, like to live in a rural area. I would love to live in a rural area. On net, I think it's much better, but that those are life choices. You live in urban areas, you don't have the problem. You have problems with crime. You have smelly air. I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, there's that. That's life. And, and the irony is, what do you think it was like in the old days when they didn't have cars to go and vote? If anything, now with the internet and with cars, it means it's the easiest thing to register and to get all the information online, and you can do whatever you want. So, to, so, so to, to say that the lack of offering them all this stuff or to regulate any of this on part of the state is, is disenfranchising people to, to begin with um, is, is, is nonsense. But then to, to add another layer and say by not doing it, you are hurting specifically blacks or, or non-whites because they are stupid or incompetent and they just can't get in a car and they, they, just, they just can't, can't register – this is I'm, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. It's worse than you think. You you read these opinions; they're unbelievable. And and yet, our, our people take take um the court decisions as if, as if they're the word of God. And again, we're not talking about an individual plaintiff being granted relief that they're thrown in jail as a result of a state law, and the court enjoins the state law. We're talking about. In the case of Arizona, with the vote harvesting, there was no person that has been proven that he couldn't. Vote by absentee ballot because of, you know, because you don't have the Soros groups helping them. They don't have a legitimate plaintiff, but they get standing anyway. 
And, and I've said this all along. There is no such thing as standing to shoot at a statute. We don't have a judicial veto in this country. You have an executive veto, either a governor on a state level, president on a federal level. You don't get to shoot at a statute. That's not the system of government governance we adopted. But even conservative legal minds won't talk like this. They, they don't get it. This is not going to change no matter who's president. These are the discussions we need to have after November 9th. We need to fight back against this because, frankly, if we don't, none of this matters. We're not going to win anything anymore. We're not going to have individual sovereignty. We're not going to have state sovereignty. The courts are destroying us. And now the courts are codifying voter fraud, fraud by cutting off the ability of a state to engage in its most basic functions. I mean, just, I, I want to move to immigration. J just look at this juxtaposition of what a state can and cannot do. A state could totally become a sanctuary and say, we are not following federal law on immigration, sovereignty law, the most inviolable of federal control on any any sphere of policy. Enumerated power, Article 1, Section 8, um, national sovereignty. It's It's, I mean, this is, this is why we have a federal government. So a state could just say, no, I'm going to flood my jurisdiction with illegals and, and, and not cooperate with ICE. And somehow the courts will say that's not a violation. And in fact, the courts are now siding with them over ICE and saying that states have to be sanctuary jurisdictions. Yet when states like Arizona merely follow federal law, apply it appropriately, they say you are being discriminatory, violating the 14th Amendment, targeting Latinos. And now um, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, Maricopa County Sheriff in, in Arizona, he is now facing six months of jail time for not following the court's nullification. Folks, the, co the court system is irremediably broken. Right, The premise for most of these decisions has already been agreed upon by the conservative legal profession as well. You know, they, they, they argue between the margins. Well, you don't have enough data to show that less blacks will, you know, will vote as a result of this. Well, let's say you, let's say you did have more data. <laughs> I mean, that's nonsense. That, 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 that is absolute nonsense. It's not discriminatory not to have 20 days of early voting, even if you could show me that more blacks will take advantage of it or more of this group or that group. But this is what we have. We have the courts engaging in nullification and civil disobedience in the most grotesque way imaginable. Literally flipping the Constitution on its head. I, I cannot think of a, a... It's not that they deviate from the Constitution. It's that they defile what is holy and they make holy what is manifestly an anathema to everything we believe in. And the franchise is the most basic element of our sovereignty. Sovereign, again, sovereignty of a citizen of a state. This is a discussion so much broader than just this presidential election. And yet, we're caught now between a party that just doesn't care about it, and the Republican Party doesn't do anything to combat this, certainly not, a, not at a national level, and Trump, who in some way is speaking to it, but just in, a, in the worst possible way, it's almost like in a sore loser way, and coupled with all his other baggage, it, it, it taints the whole issue. So come November 9th, these are the questions we need to ask. 
If Republicans keep the House, the Senate is kind of irrelevant. I'll talk about that another time. Once Democrats have the, the presidency, we have, or not we, the Republicans have the House, the Senate is kind of irrelevant for, for you know, all intents and purposes. And they control more than half the states. At, at, at a very minimum, they'll control more than half the states, depending on what happens. What are, what are they going to do about it? Are they going to keep accepting this? It's only going to get worse. It is only going to get worse. At some point, we need to say no. But again, in order to say no, you need a new vehicle that isn't tainted with baggage, that is actually consistent and principled and starting out on this platform, that we are going to follow the system of governance that we adopted, whether whether it supports our political agenda or doesn't. What is a state power is a state power. What's a federal power is a federal power. What the courts have power over, they have power over. What they don't, they don't. Which is really over, over no political issue. It's over interpreting statutes as constructed by Congress. Period. That is the role of the federal courts. We need a new vehicle that will champion this cause as its first and foremost cause because without it, we can't even win elections. And if we do, they won't mean anything. The courts will nullify everything. This is why you guys have got to go out, go go and get um, stolen sovereignty, have stop unelected judges from transforming America, still available at Amazon.com. Make sure you go purchase a copy for your friends as well. Um, I know Christmas is coming soon this is a great great present um heck great for thanksgiving day read get back to your foundations also remember while we don't have a, a par- political party we could vote for we do have private businesses that share our values we can vote for help support our sponsors here at conservative review go to patriotmobile.com sign up for your mobile service. I got a new cell phone with them. New smartphone. Works great. Competitive rates. Promo code Daniel to waive the activation fee. These guys are real. I was hanging out with some of these guys. They are really true believers. Um, donate up to 5% of your monthly fee to a conservative group of your choice. These are the choices we need to make. We need to make the clean plays we can make. The clean choices we can make. The conscience choices we believe in. This is where we are, but let's not kid ourselves. This is much greater than any one presidential election. And frankly, the more I think about it, even if Ted Cruz had won this election, I I don't think this much would have mattered. I don't think he could have done much in this environment. We need to clean house. We need to start from the beginning. That starts with beginning a new party. We've run out of time here. I don't have time to really get back to that. I know a lot of you guys have a lot of logistical questions. What do we do next? Honestly, I don't know. I've been giving the rationale for it, explaining the importance of it. Believe it or not, you guys seem to be on board with it. Most people still don't understand. Well, I don't know. Third party is not the answer. Like, no, we need a second party. Um, But we're going to examine that. It's gaining resonance with a lot of people that are instrumental in the conservative movement I'm speaking to. I'm encouraged by some some of what I've seen the last couple of weeks. By the way, Ted Cruz you know, tweeted my article, but then it turned out the media reports and his office claims that his account was somehow hacked. He didn't tweet it. His staff didn't do it. 
All I could say is if that's true, which it seem, appears to be so, I don't have a reason to believe they're lying. Imagine that Ted Cruz's Twitter account one time in his entire life is hacked. And the one result of it is tweeting my article calling for a new party. What does that tell you? <laughs> Heck, if Cruz didn't do it, God tweeted it out. Anyway, God bless y'all. Thanks for listening. We'll elaborate more on this till next time. But until then, don't take any garbage or talking points from this phony conservative media. Come hear the truth at Conservative Review, Conservative Conscience. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, this has been another episode of the Conservative Conscience.